Welcome to the Parenting in the Digital Age podcast. Many parents are concerned that their child might be falling behind. Others are just looking for ways to help their children thrive, not just in the classroom, but socially and well into their future careers. Each episode, we explore the challenges facing parents in the modern world, from behavior, education, and nutrition, to device and gaming addiction. We interview a range of leaders in the area of childhood development to help you successfully navigate parenting in the digital age. Here is your host, Jamie Buttigieg. Hello, parents, and welcome to Parenting in a Digital Age, the podcast that explores the unique challenges and opportunities raising children in today's tech-driven world. In each episode, we dive into insightful conversations with experts and thought leaders to provide practical guidance for navigating the digital landscape as parents. In today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us. We always have special guests joining us, Matthew Isla. Matthew is a former New York State General and a special education teacher with a decade of experience in the classroom. However, feeling frustrated with the state of public education, he made a bold decision to follow his passion and utilize martial arts to empower students mentally, physically, and emotionally. And with over 20 years of martial arts training and a fifth degree black belt, Matthew brings a unique perspective to parenting in a digital age. He's developed a martial arts curriculum and a character development program that not only strengthens families within the studio, but extends its positive impact into the community. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Please share with our listeners in your own words what you do and what you're passionate about. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, as you mentioned, I was a uh, teacher in the New York State public education system for about 10 years. Um, Always wanted to be a teacher since I was young, knew I wanted to work with kids, had a passion for that. Um, And really the reason that I wanted to do it was, you know, kind of that – it's cheesy. It sounds cliche, but just really wanting to help people. Um, and I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, that's really what I wanted to do. And so I, I went to college for education and said I was going to be a teacher and, uh, did my, did my time doing all of that. And I became very, very frustrated very, very quickly with, at least here in New York state, um, a lot of the, the red tape and the curriculum and the requirements that were, uh, required by the state and by public education. And I got really, really frustrated because at the end of the day, uh, I was I was teaching. My kids may have been scoring well on their tests and uh, achieving their benchmarks, um, but there was a whole component of social and emotional learning that was really missing. You know, I wasn't seeing my students grow in the way that I knew I had grown under the tutelage of t- teachers in when I was younger. Um, so, side to that. Uh, I've always done martial arts since I was about 10 years old. I've been doing it for about, it'll be 23 years this fall. Um, I started helping out in classes and teaching after just a couple of years of of taking martial arts classes. So it's been something I've always done. Um, And it got to a point where I saw the amount of good that I was able to accomplish in the martial arts studio far far, far outpace the success that I was able to find in the classroom. Um, and so when COVID happened in 2020, I was presented with an opportunity where I could leave education and open up my own studio. And so I took it and uh, we've been uh, growing and thriving here for about two and a half years now. Um, and it's, it's, it's just been a pleasure. It's been great. I've been, we've had uh, over 
close to 200 students come through our doors um, just in the past year or so, and it's growing exponentially. Um, and we've gotten to a place where we're seeing students, you know, obviously we're learning martial arts, that's the filter, that's the lens that we, we teach through. Um, but it, it kind of uh, uh, ballooned out into all aspects of life. And I hear great stories about kids doing well in school and, and improving relationships with their families and, you know, growing in the soccer field and the dance studio and, and all these other places. So we're really able to make a difference um, through the lens of martial arts, but it extends outwards to other areas as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's tremendous. And, and congratulations on taking that bold move and that step and, you know, the impact that you're creating, but the future impact that you're going to create. Um, and we shared before the show, I'm going to share this with our listeners because they've, they've never seen this before, but uh, I'm a, a fellow uh, black belt, not, not quite as uh, accomplished as Matthew. But one thing I wanted to share is that there are two things I believe all children should do. Well, the first one is very biased. I'm going to say kids should learn coding. All kids should learn how to program a computer to become an innovator and a problem solver instead of just a consumer. But I think all kids should do martial arts. You know, the, the values and, and what it helps you become as a person, uh, I truly understand. And hopefully Matthew's going to help us help convey that today so parents get a, a bit excited about uh, what uh, the, the, the potential of martial arts and what it can do for their kids. Let's start with a question that about uh, martial arts. How do you think it can contribute to uh, a child's mental, physical, emotional development in this digital age? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because... For me, I was a child when I was younger, um, you know, anxiety, ADHD, you know, just run the list of, of, of mental um, health problems that a young person can have. And it, that was me. Um, and so the martial arts the most as a, a young person was the structure that it provided. Um, kids, young people, they tell you they don't want structure, they don't want routine, they want to do their own thing. But the truth is they really they really thrive off it, right? Our brain likes when you have uh, if A, do B, right? We, we like that kind of sequencing. If this happens to me, this is my, my solution. Um, and when students aren't given the tools to know how to deal with those problems, that's when anxiety and frustration is created because they don't understand if I've given problem A, I don't have the tools to create uh, solution B. And so the structure that martial arts provides students with uh, this idea of routines, you know, everybody stands a certain way, everybody dresses a certain way, there's a certain way to do a kick. If someone throws a punch a certain way, these are the different ways we can defend against it. Um, it really provides a structure that allows students to be successful. And then the goal of martial arts training, at least at my studio, is to take those uh, structural tools that we're teaching students, which end up becoming things like confidence and discipline, kind of these key core character traits that we develop in our students through the lens of martial arts training is to take those and then send them out into the real world with those skills that they developed and apply them to other situations. Um, you know, so for example, this is this is a really simple example, but I've had students come to me, the parents come to me and say, oh, Johnny can't sit still, he can't focus in classes. Okay, he's got, he's got issues with focus. Um, he comes, does our martial arts training, and in our martial arts classes, we stand, we act, we carry ourselves a certain way. Now, that being said, I want to really uh, emphasize that, you know, it's not like uh, if you've ever seen like Cobra Kai yelling and forcing students to, to, to act a certain way and answer a certain way. There's a time and a place for that kind of attitude, but it starts out with just gentle reminders. Oh, 
Johnny, I love the way you're standing. Oh, very good. I love I love how so and so here standing. Can everybody? Can you guys can you guys stand like he is? That looks great. And those reminders eventually develop into routines where there is a positive reward for standing a certain way. And it'll start off very simple with a compliment. You know, oh, I love how Johnny's standing. But then the students, they start to see the results. Well, when I'm standing still, I can focus more. And when I'm focused more, I'm able to achieve more. And then once they've developed that within our studio, you know, that starts to apply elsewhere where they say, okay, well, I remember um, the students call me Master Eiler. Uh, oh, I remember Master Eiler uh, telling me about about sitting still, you know, I could try doing that in the classroom. My teacher's talking. Let me keep my eyes on them. And you start to see these skills being applied. So everybody always thinks of martial arts as punching and kicking and, and grappling and fighting. And there's definitely elements of that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, when it comes to training young people, you know, that kind of demographic of ages three through 15, that's really what we're looking at is we're looking at developing routines and structures that the students can take inside the studio and then apply to areas outside, whether it be school or one day uh, employment in their jobs or in their relationships, whether it be with siblings or parents or boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse. Um, they learn how to handle certain situations and then use those skills to develop outside of the studio. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you guys, and you, you're only just scratching the surface like uh... I know at, at your studio and, and many other martial arts studios around the world, you know, you're teaching things like self-discipline and resilience, you know, and, you know, when a yep. student walks in for their first class, you know, they, they learn their first punch and how to form and uh, they, they practice that for the next five or 10 years. And sometimes they don't want to do that. They think, well, you know, I've done this punch, I know this punch, but it's a, it's that repetition, it's that development that builds character. It's pushing through things that are really difficult or tremendously hard in the studio, uh, you know, translating that to real life, like resilience is a skill that, um, uh, you know, we, we can't underestimate. And I, I know you guys do a tremendous um, uh, work there. So as parents, we're always striving to raise our kids with good values. And you've, you've touched on some of that. You know, we want to help our kids effectively become good people. We, we, we want our kids to be happy. So tell us a bit about your character development program. Like, uh, you know, what's that about? And how does that complement the values that us as parents are trying to instill in our kids. Yeah, I mean, the the character development program that we we started using, we end every single class with what we call a message of the week, which is a, there's a key uh, character development attribute that we're, we're going through the week and we're discussing. And we discuss it in class and we discuss it at the end of class. Um, but the way I always frame it to parents and to new students is martial arts is about being strong, right? Um, and there is a physical aspect of that, right? Doing punches and kicks and push-ups and, you know, breaking boards. There's, there's that aspect of it. Um, but there's another component about being uh, emotionally, right, strong, uh, about having strong character, um, being that type of person that is able to deal with difficult situations. So I always tell students, you know, yes, we want to be physically strong. We want to exercise. That is a lot of what we do. Um, but if your character is not strong, right? If you are not able to deal with emotions in a way that is persevering and strong, then how strong of a person are you really? You know, so our character development program is all based on that idea of how can we become stronger, more whole people, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, and that's kind of the basis. So whenever when we're, we're uh, developing a skill. So for example, last week, our, our message of the week was about good habits, right? It was about good habits. 
um, and developing those. And of course, that looks different for like our preschool students versus like our elementary students versus our high school and adult students. Um, and we differentiate that based on the ages we're talking about. But how do we frame that in a way where we're talking about being a strong person, right? Um, so, for example, with good habits, right, that was the message of the week we talked about last week. Um, we talked about how students who develop good habits, right, are more successful in life, right? A person that doesn't have to think about brushing their teeth is going to be healthier, right? A person who uh, eats healthier is going to be physically stronger. But then we take it a, a, a step further, right? We say, okay, a person who has a good habit of talking to themselves positively, I am confident, I am strong, I can do this, right? That kind of positive rhetoric, that's a good habit, okay? So it's not just uh, how you're acting, but it's also how you're thinking. It's also how you're feeling. Um, and so we have these conversations with these kids uh, about not just what they're physically doing, but what they're emotionally doing. And then there's a, mat, uh, a part where we, we bridge the gap. So, for example, one of the things our students do is, is we break boards. You know, when they receive a new belt, they have to use one of their martial arts techniques to, to break wood. Um, and so we'll relate that to our physical skills. So, for example, oh, if you want to break the board with a punch, you have to make sure you practice good habits of keeping your hand tight right? That's a physical aspect of it. If you hit that board and it doesn't break the first time, you have to practice the good habit of saying to yourself, I'm strong and I can do this, right? That positive rhetoric. Um, you have to develop the good habit of when it doesn't work the first five times, you try another five times, right? That resilience. And so there's all these things that we are able to tie into this very physical activity of martial arts to develop a person both emotionally and mentally. Um, and you mentioned before about wanting kids to be happy, right? To be sex successful adults. That's what we want them to grow into. And, you know, I, I always think it's funny because uh, a lot of our adults benefit from these same messages that we are talking to our kids. I'll sit, uh, we have we have a little corner that all the kids come and sit down in at the end of class and we'll sit down and I'll give them this really uplifting message and we'll talk about these feelings and about how to handle certain problems. And I've had parents come up to me afterwards and be like, that was really good. Like, I really needed to hear that. Um, you know, so it, it, it's something that we can all work on developing. But I think the earlier we start it, with our kids, you know, this, this, this positive rhetoric and, um, these emotional and, uh, mental skills that they need to be successful, the more happy and successful adults they're going to grow into. Um, I know I can speak that from experience. You know, I'm definitely a different person as an adult and have handled things much better than I would have if I didn't have my martial arts training. Um, and it doesn't have to be just in a martial arts school. Obviously I want everybody to do martial arts. Martial arts is my passion. That's great. Um, but I know one of my favorite things that I've seen is as I'm having these conversations with kids, the parents are listening and they're partnering with me at home, you know? So we'll talk about something in the, in the, in the studio, the parents will go home and they'll reiterate, Oh, remember what master Eiler said, let's try that. And so now we're, we're building this two way street of communication um, where the kids are getting reinforced. What I'm saying at home, I'm able to partner with the parents and say, Oh yeah, dad told me that you're having trouble with this. Let me help you with that. Let's have a conversation about that. Um, and that's all done through the lens of martial arts. So it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, so uh, powerful, Matthew. And um, I'm so pleased to be able to be sharing this message with parents because when the average parent peers through the window of Trinity martial arts or any martial arts academy around the world, what they see is, uh, you know, kids doing punches and kicks or maybe some sparring or maybe some push-ups. 
But really what's going on inside of your studio is far more life-changing, certainly in my view. Um, and uh, I think parents really should check it out. I wanted to share my screen for a minute. Uh, just you've given me a, an idea. And uh, if, if I can get the technology to work on my end, uh, this will be wonderful. Uh, let's have a look. Let's find the window. Okay, there we go. This will work. Can you see that at your end? It's coming up right now. It's loading. And hopefully our viewers or those that are at least watching on YouTube or one of the uh, uh, right channels will be able to see this. If you can't, if you're on uh, Spotify or Apple, um, I'll talk through this anyway. But one of the things we do in our own uh, classroom, so to speak, at Skill Samurai is uh, it's much the same thing. When you peer through the window of a, of a coding school or a STEM academy, what you see are a bunch of kids working on computers and uh, we, you don't really see the underlying uh, uh, values that are being transferred and and we kind of borrow this from martial arts and you know you probably see that right away uh, and skill samurai is kind of in our name but uh, we teach kids generosity resilience honesty kindness self-discipline respect and courage sure. and one of the ways much like yourself that we do that is you know when we see a student in class who's perhaps um, you know going out of their way to help another student you know, one student's got a problem with their code, another student helps. At the end of class, our educators are going to stop that student, acknowledge them, you know, give them a sticker for generosity, you know, because generosity is, you know, being generous with time, not just, you know, contribute. It's one way that kids can contribute. And in the same way, we want to partner with parents to help these kids build great uh, values, morals, social skills, uh, and life skills that will empower them uh, well into the future. Yep. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I encourage parents to check out, uh, uh, you know, wh wherever you are in the world, if, you, if your child hasn't tried martial arts, to at least go and try a class. You know, this is something that is inclusive um, and, and it is really for everyone. Now, I'll stop yeah, my... Yeah, I love that you said the, the word inclusive there because, you know, I've, I've had over my years doing this, parents come to me and almost sometimes like really upset that you know my kid is going to be a bother or my kid is going to be um trouble for your class i don't want them to be a disruption um you know i they they may have physical limitations which you know are they ever going to be able to be a black belt or whatever and that type of thing um and those are all conversations we can have but i always want to reiterate to parents that like this is what we do you know this is this is this is what we do um there's very little that i haven't seen um and as my job as an educator, whether it be in the classroom or in the martial arts studio or wherever, is to try to help. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's going to look different for everybody. You know, I've got some students who have trouble kicking above their belt, and I've got some students who can't do a single push-up. Um, but the, the ability for us to try to help them is what's there. You know, they are working on improving themselves in which way, in one way or another, um, and, and and that's that's what our job is. You know, that's why I wanted to get out of public education and go into martial arts because here in in the studio, I feel I can do that. Um, couldn't always do that in the classroom, and 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 that's the goal, right? Is to be inclusive and to help people where they are. Yeah, that's wonderful, and, and I guess that's why the let's call it the private education sector and the and the, the industry and the space that we're in has so much innovation or is able to tailor learning or to be able to create these diverse inclusive spaces or you know uh, wonderful programs is because you're not bound by uh, that red tape and the politics and the governance and uh, I'm not saying that's not important like we need sure. that in schools but 
you know, uh, you're able to move it and be a bit more nimble and, and adapt and uh, adapt for a modern era. So just let's let's take that point a bit further. So how can martial arts foster that sense of community and belonging for children? So, you know, if you consider the social isolation or potential isolation that's caused by excessive screen time. So kids in social media and YouTube, and we, I see it in my own kids, right? You know, I'm not immune to this either. Uh, but uh, how does martial arts foster that sense of community and belonging uh, for kids? Yeah, I, I tell people that martial arts training is the most individualized team sport. You know, when a student goes to a competition, um, there, there are some such things as, as team competitions in martial arts, but I would say 99% of the time it's very individualized. You are in a sparring match against someone else. Uh, you are doing your form, your routine, um, competing against other people. You're, you're not on a team. No one is, is helping you. Everything is, is on you. Um, and that can be really powerful because if you win, guess what? It's all on you. If you lose, it's all on you. Um, but stepping aside from that um, and looking at a martial arts class uh it is such a powerful community um when done the right way i have been in martial arts studios where sometimes the instructors will pit students against each other and and you know uh, try to see who comes out on top and, and that can be very very toxic and you definitely have to watch out for that but i think the modern trend with a lot of martial arts studios um, is now that it is a sense of camaraderie, right? Martial arts is, is military, right? That's where the word martial comes from. And when you are working together in a, a platoon or a unit, um, that type of thing, right? There's this sense of supporting each other. Everybody might come from different walks of life. Everybody might have a different skill set. But at the end of the day, you're there for the same reason, whether it's, you know, to, to capture the, the enemy's, enemy's flag or, you know, whatever, goal you want to envision for yourself and so in martial arts we kind of treat it that way where hey we're all here for a different a different reason johnny's here because he can't focus sally's here because she wants to learn to defend yourself um tommy's here because he just has too much energy and his parents don't know what to do with him we're all here for a different reason but at the end of the day we're all here and so we help each other um at whatever goals we're working on you know so if i've got students that you know uh aren't flexible you know, maybe they can't they can't stretch out they can't kick that high uh, we're gonna make sure that we are encouraging them and it's not oh man Johnny can't do that Sally's better look at Sally it's hey Sally see if you can help Johnny with that right and I tell people all the time I say uh, I'll say to you know Sally go help Johnny if Johnny doesn't look good it's on you Sally you know that type of thing so there becomes this camaraderie of like hey we have to help each other because we're all in this together um and everybody's working on a different goal everybody's at a different belt or working on a different routine um that type of thing but at the end of the day we're all on the floor we're all sweating we're all tired we're working on improving ourselves and that's really what matters um so you know i see a lot of students they come in very isolated because a lot of the students that I, I work with, they're here because they don't have confidence. They don't have friends. They don't have that um, sense of, of, of self um, that a, a confident person would have. And so they lack, they, they might lack that community. And so when we're here in the studio, uh, we're all in this together. And so people bond together really quick. Um, you know, when you, when you are all yeah, this sounds really negative, but hopefully everybody will understand what I mean. When you're suffering together, you know, pain is a great teacher. When you're all doing push-ups together and, you know, you're all sweating together, that brings people together really, really quick. And um, it, it's, it's, 
comes from a place where we're able to build each other up and help each other. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, in this digital age where, where kids are constantly uh, bombarded by uh, isolation and social media and technology, um, it's really nice to bring people together with a common goal. And whether that goal is training in martial arts or I know great studios that do dance or do soccer or other team sports, um, that's something that's really lacking in today's day and age. And so I really see martial arts filling that gap of, hey, we are a community, we support one another, and we're all working to, to improve ourselves. So we're going to help each other with that. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. You know, when a kid starts martial arts the first day, uh, they almost uh, set a goal uh, to become a black belt, you know, almost from the day they walk in. It's, it's this aspirational identity. So talk a little bit about what it means to be a black belt or to become a black belt. What, what does it actually mean? Yeah, you. you know, it, it, we have in my studio and a lot of uh, different studios, at least in uh, the U.S., use what's called the, the student creeds, which every day before class we, we say four uh, different affirmations. And the last one that we end with, um, it goes along the lines of this is a black belt school, blah, 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 blah. And we end with uh, what's, what's our quest to be the best? What's your goal? Black belt, sir. That's how we end it. Um, and we say that from day one. When the student starts, they say that student created the beginning of class and the goal is to be a black belt. And goal setting is one of the most important things about martial arts. You know, hopefully a student gets to the place where the belts don't matter. They just want to learn. They just want to grow, right? The, the belts don't matter. But they do, you know. We're it, human. It, it, We're it, human. Yeah. Motivation is, is, is key. And so it's a great tool uh, to teach students to have something to work towards. When you have something tangible that a student can achieve, that next color belt – um, that's very motivating. Um, so the goal is, right, to get to black belt. But there's so much beyond that. Um, and we do at my school, we do Tang Sudo, which is a Korean martial art similar to Taekwondo. And uh, originally in Tang Sudo, if you go to um, its founding in the 1940s, uh, there were four belts. There were white, green, red, and black. And the reason uh, those were chosen in this art was because they represented seasons. White represented winter, green represented spring, red represented summer, black represented fall. Um, and the idea is in white is winter, you're empty, you're clean, you're poor, you're, you're pure. Um, green is spring, you're growing, you're blossoming. Red belt, it's hot, it's summer, you're working hard. And then black belt is the harvest, right? That's your black belt exam, that's your taking the fruits of your labor and uh, putting it to the test. But what people always forget is if black belt, at least in our system, represents autumn, represents the fall, after fall comes winter, you know, after fall, it starts all over again. And so the idea with black belt is that it is this constant state of learning, of self-improvement, right? When you get to black belt, you're really going back to white belt. You are realizing, hey, you know, all that stuff I learned, there's a lot of fine tuning that I can do. Um... And, you know, like I mentioned before about taking these character lessons that we talk about inside the studio and applying them elsewhere, uh, that lesson of being an eternal learner is something that we teach our students. Um, we have an ongoing joke in my school of uh, what's the biggest room in the whole world? The room for improvement. You know, there's always room to grow. There's always room to, to learn and improve. And so for us at Black Belt, we continue to second degree, third degree, fourth degree of Black Belt. Um, you graduate high school, you know, you might be picking up a trade, you might be going to college, you might be joining the military. There's always this determination to improve ourselves and grow and, and set a new goal, 
you know, whatever that goal is, there should always be something on the table in front of you. Um, and I think that makes for a, going back to what I said before, makes for a very strong person, a very determined person. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's something else that I think a lot of kids are lacking these days is, is what am I working towards? You know, am I working towards something tangible and real that's going to better me as a person? And, and martial arts is one way of providing that. Yeah. And that whole continuous learning, uh, in my view, leads to, leads to um, purpose in life, you know, to understand your place and, and how to contribute and give beyond yourself. So it's, it, it, it almost becomes like that finding a life of service where perhaps in our junior belts, we don't have that life of service. It's more about us and uh, the, the, the focus is on us instead of our community and external. Um, well, here's an interesting question. How, how is your own journey to Black Belt and certainly well beyond uh, you've encountered many seasons in your um, journey. How, how has your own journey shaped your character personally or, or, or altered your life? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has 100%. Um, for me and myself, I didn't grow up in the most uh, emotionally stable of homes. And so martial arts, like I said before, provided that stability, whether it be providing me an outlet to help me learn to focus providing me a community because I lacked that um, it was it was the structure that I really needed when I was younger and so even now as an adult uh, because our problems don't go away when we're older right our, our goal is that our, our children grow up and be strong healthy happy individuals um, but we, we, we know as adults that's not the case 100% of the time or there's always gonna be struggles there's always gonna be difficulties um, but the ability martial arts has given me to deal with those difficulties uh, whether it be a sense of resilience or commitment or discipline or focus, um, strong personal character, that has been the key. I would never say that martial arts has made my life easier, but it has helped me uh, deal with difficult situations in a way that has helped me find success. Um, and, and that's the goal for our students. Uh, if I look back, you know, it's, it's funny. I look back at when I was a white belt or a green belt or, you know, those, those younger lower belts when I was like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And I look back, and I'm like, wow, what a punk. You know, like I, I, <laughs> I look back at who I was as a kid and um, I had a completely different worldview than I do now. Um, but if it wasn't for martial arts, I would have never grown past that. You know, I would never grow past that. So I'm not ashamed of, of, of those mistakes I made when I'm younger. Um, more so, I can see how martial arts was able to help me be steered in a better direction. Um, you know, and, and like you said before, that's the goal. That's the goal for our kids is to, to have that structure and support so they can grow up to be happy, healthy, strong adults. And um, yeah, martial arts is, is like I said before, is, is one great way of doing that. And it really looked at, and it, 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 that's a tremendous gift for a parent to be able to give a child. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it also helps them form a more compassionate view on the world, you know, sure. and, uh, and how they see the world. Almost you talk about martial arts being a lens, and it is, uh, because they, they see all sorts of situations within the studio that they can apply to real life. So here's another one. Um, let, let's say I was a parent uh, listening perhaps to this episode. And I'm interested in looking for a martial arts studio. I mean, you're in New York. I'm in Sydney. What what advice would you give to a parent? How, how do you, how does a parent find the right martial arts studio? Because you, you said earlier that there can be some that might have a, sure. a toxic culture, perhaps. So so how how does a parent find one that would be uh, an inclusive, diverse space that's just right for their child? 
Yeah, I would really suggest. So, so my my school, uh, we have two ways of getting students. Right, our two ways we have uh, our website, Google SEO. You know, a lot of our students come through that internet avenue. But I would say just as many, if not more, come from parent recommendations. Um, and I've had many, many students come to me. Uh, their parents come to me and say, oh, my son tried it out at so-and-so's down the street. We did not have a good experience, but he's he's so happy here. This is completely different. Um, so I would really suggest reaching out into your community uh, and, and, and talking to people. And I would especially reach out if you know somebody who does martial arts, who has a student that maybe has disabilities. Um, I have students that are on the spectrum. I have students that have ADHD, I have students that have depression, I have students that have physical limitations. And those parents are the ones that give me the best reviews, right? Because uh, it's one thing to help a kid who's a star athlete do martial arts. You know, that's great, that's, that's awesome that that kid is succeeding. Um, but it is a completely different level of success when you're able to help a student who is the least of these, you know, quote unquote, um, lower on the totem pole. It needs that extra hand. Um, so I, I would tell people to reach out to community, talk to people you know, see if there's anyone out there because that personal connection is going to be your uh, best best bet. But then the second thing I would tell people is uh, go in and just ask if you can watch a class. You know, And when people watch their class, um, I, tell, I tell them, would you be okay when you listen to that instructor teaching and you listen to the way I talk, the way I teach – don't ask yourself if you would be okay with me talking to your child that way. Ask yourself if you would be okay with me talking to you that way. You know, because a lot of times teachers um, in public education and extracurricular activities, a lot of times teachers have this kind of ability to talk down to students, right? And in martial arts, that's one of the most toxic thing I, things I see is I am the master. I am the sensei. I am the instructor. And you, you listen to me and it's yes, sir. There's a time and a place for that. Um, but when it becomes condescending, when it becomes uh, detrimental to the student's mental well-being and emotional well-being and their, their confidence and their, their skills and that type of thing, um, that's when it becomes negative. And so a lot of times parents will come in and they'll listen to the way we teach the kids and be like, oh, that's great. That's the way. That's what Johnny needs. Johnny needs that. Johnny needs that firm hand. But I always make sure to do it in a way of, I'm correcting Johnny, but I'm, I'm also not bringing him down. You know, I'm not putting him below me. I am trying to lift him up to me, you know, if that makes sense. Um, and so I would just, I would always say to uh, parents, you know, ask if you can go watch a class. If you're not sure if you want your kid to try it out, just ask if you can go sit and watch. Because a good studio uh, that has a good culture, they'll have no problem with you watching. And if you go watch, you'll know it's a good culture if you hear them talking to those students with dignity and with respect. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we've talked a lot today about wanting to teach our students uh, those skills and those positive character traits. It doesn't matter how much you profess, you know, respect if you're not giving it, you know, and kids pick up on that. And so I would, I would tell you to, to go into those schools and, and listen to the culture. And again, don't put it on your kid. Put it on you and say, hey, would I be okay if someone talked to me this way? And if the answer is no, don't put your kid there. You know, Don't put your kid there. Put it in a place where you would feel comfortable and feel respected because they deserve that. That's great. Great advice. Great advice, Matthew. 
Uh, what about for those parents who maybe don't have access to a martial arts studio? I mean, I know they're yeah. almost on every street corner, but uh, there, there are some places where there, there might not any, be anything convenient or I might have not have the means or to be able to afford to send my child to something like that. Um, but yet I still want to help my child through martial arts and learning the principles and, uh, and the values. Would you have any advice for, for those parents? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what I am teaching is martial arts is just a lens for what I'm teaching. You know, um, I am in a position where I am uh, the, the master instructor in my school and I'm able to have an impact on kids. Um, and we do that through martial arts. But I would really suggest people, if they're not able to get themselves into martial arts, to search for that type of mentorship uh, elsewhere, you know? So that could be done with like a basketball team or a baseball team. You know, there could be a coach. Could be if you're a person of faith, could be someone in your church that you really look up to. Um, could be uh, a neighbor, you know, down the street. You know, I really respect Mr. Mr. Smith down the street. Um, look for those mentorship opportunities. Um, it's really, really important for our kids to hear good influences from someone other than us. You know, uh, I'm on the same team as Johnny's parents, but Johnny's going to listen to me in a completely different way than he listens to his mom and dad, even though I'm saying the same thing as his mom and dad. Right. Um, and so I would tell parents to really look for opportunities for their kids to be mentored. That can be done through sports. That can be done through the arts. Um, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how it's being done, uh, whether it be musically or physically or artistically, or religiously, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is that that student has a positive role model who they can look up to and can impart to them the wisdom necessary to grow into a strong, healthy adult. Um, and I think when it comes to the digital age, a lot of kids that mentor is becoming a screen whether it be social media or gaming um, there's nothing wrong with those things but when that becomes the thing that shapes your identity that's problematic right um, so finding a role model a person an activity that can be the mentor to your child um, not replacing technology technology is not bad but uh giving them an alternate source for that positivity that that's really meaningful and so i would tell people to 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 look into that you know to find community in whatever aspect you find it and and provide that to your child because that's going to be really helpful to them that's a very wise advice uh, matthew and there, there are two other avenues i'll share of course don't forget your local coding school shameful plug for yeah, skill sure, samurai ne never forget that lots of great educators world-class mentors within that but actually uh, in, in all seriousness apart from that uh, reach out to your local Rotary Club. Um, you know, Rotary is a, is a wonderful international organization. They run many youth programs. They uh, contribute to, to many programs that, you know, your child can perhaps participate in. Uh, they sponsor kids into camps and all sorts of mentorship programs, uh, often at no cost. So uh, look up your local Rotary Club and get involved. Um, Matthew, one last question, one fun question. We like to, a bit lighthearted. We uh, ask everyone on our uh, show, that is, if you had a time machine and you could go back to the, uh, let's say, the 10 or 12-year-old Matthew and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Oh, I've, I've thought about this a lot, actually. Um, my advice to my younger self would be to like yourself more. Um, 
you know, one of the the struggles I had uh, growing up and one of the reasons martial arts benefited me so much was because I lacked confidence, right? And one of the reasons I lacked confidence was because at the end of the day, I had a lot of negative voices telling me that I wasn't good enough. And so that voice became my reality. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm stupid. I'm ugly, whatever. Um, and so if I could go back to my younger self, it would be like yourself more, you know, it, it, love yourself more. Um, and that's one of the things that I've always carried with me when I'm teaching with martial arts is if, you know, one of my students is just really has a terrible kick or just can't break that board. I don't want that to be their defining characteristic. I don't want their failure. I don't want their um, lack of confidence to be the thing that that really forces them to spiral and be down on themselves. I want them to know that they are loved and they are valued and they are important to me. And just because they didn't succeed this time or just because they didn't have as good of a time, um, they are still valuable. And uh, that that's something that I would tell my younger self and that's something that I try to tell all the young people that I work with is that, that, that you, are, you are important in whatever shape or form you take and... Uh, yeah, you know, and you are loved because I, I think that's something a lot of a lot of young people need to hear. Um, it sounds cheesy, sounds cliche, um, but I think a lot of people, if they really ask themselves, "Do I like myself?" That that that's a scary question. They might not, and so I really encourage people to think about that. More wise words, Matthew. Uh, thank you for your time today. Uh, thanks for your contribution yeah, no, to the great. community. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was. And uh, and just one last thing: where can people reach out? How can they find you if they want to uh, reach out, or they're in your area? Yeah, absolutely. So we are located in the Hudson Valley of, of New York, a little bit north of uh, Manhattan, New York City. Um, people are more than welcome to uh, check out our website, trinitymartialartsny.com. Follow us on social media. We uh, Even if you're nowhere near me and you're just looking for some some positive influences and some cool martial arts, uh, you're more than welcome to check, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Trinity Martial Arts NY. And uh, if you are a martial artist and you're looking for some fun, we also have a TikTok. Uh, we post funny funny memes and videos just about kind of martial arts community and what it's like to train in the martial arts. So yeah, you're more than welcome to, to uh, reach out and check us out. And um, like I said before, I really encourage you to uh, find some martial arts. And if you can't find martial arts, find those other positive community influences. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Thanks again for your time and I uh, hope we cross paths again soon. Cheers, Matthew. Absolutely. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please connect with Jamie on LinkedIn or Instagram. You'll find links in the podcast description. Parenting in the Digital Age is sponsored by Skill Samurai, coding and STEM academy for kids. Skill Samurai offers after-school coding classes and holiday programs to help kids thrive academically and socially while preparing them for the careers of the future. Visit skillsamurai.com.au.